Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This is a transformative time for Black America. Our income is at an all-time high, and the opportunity for economic empowerment is unprecedented. It's not just about dreaming anymore. It's about turning those dreams into reality by creating blueprints for generational wealth. Prudential has a remarkable history of supporting communities and institutions that have been overlooked for far too long. For instance, they've pledged a staggering $1 billion to programs, partners, and initiatives focused on historically excluded communities. Build your financial blueprint today at prudential.com blueprints. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What an absolute joke of officiating in a Game 7 of an NBA playoff series. My goodness, it is Fox Sports Sunday. Get George Reister on Twitter, at George Reister. You can find me on Twitter, at Dan Bayer on Fox. Did you see what happened at the end of the first half, George, in Boston? Did you see this farce of a call by the NBA NBA officials? An absolute travesty of what went on as the Bucs and Celtics are at the half. What a joke. First thing is, first things first, I'm happy to be back. I missed you guys. First, we're glad to have you back. We're, we're we're glad. Not that Jeff Schwartz and Ryan Hollins and and others didn't uh, do a great job in your stead, but we are we oh, are I very happy you guys to just have you back. Canceled all the shows. <laughs> I I was out a couple of days too, but nobody right. gave me a welcome back. Sam was like, you know, man, these shows were great without you, Dan. So that's yeah, <laughs> hey, that was no. No, but on a but but now back to the calls. First thing is, before we even get to the call, how dare you be this upset about it? How dare you be this upset because it's a game seven? Because first and foremost, just like usual, who believed in your 
your favorite team, allegedly <laughs> the Milwaukee Bucks, who has believed in them all year and since the, before the playoffs started said they were going to make it back to the finals. Who? George did. Well, I don't okay. know. You haven't been on the show for like two months, so maybe you didn't say <laughs> that. Oh, yeah, okay. You know you know, I said it. But, and, and, and who was unsure and kind of waffling about it a little bit? Well, me. Yeah. Exactly. So how, so how dare you be this upset about it? Why, why, would that, why wouldn't I have the right to be upset on a referee? And for those that missed it, maybe you're driving, maybe you're coming back from a vacation. Uh, the referees called the foul on Yadis and Tedekumpo 50 feet from the basket with nine-tenths of a second left and called it a shooting foul. So Marcus Smart got three free throws, okay, made so them all which, in what was a two-point game at the half, turns into a five-point game, which is a so really, which, really big deal in what is likely a very close game seven. So which part of it are you upset about? Are you upset about the foul call or the one extra free throw? I'm upset. Uh, just let it play. I'm upset about both of it. The, the Celtics on the pickpocket of Giannis because Milwaukee had the ball. Smart ends up stealing the ball from Giannis. Then it's just it's over. You know what? It, end of half. Bucks didn't get their shot off. Instead, to reward them with a foul and then call it as a shooting so foul. Was it a so? So here's here's the first question. Do you believe it was a foul or was it not a foul? I don't think that that is a foul on the other side of the half court. No, no, line. no, no. Hold on. Be, yes. It, no. See, that is here. that is exactly that's exactly what Mike Budenholzer's point is. There is only one thing that you should be able to have a gripe about. You should be able to have a gripe about whether it was two free throws or three free throws because Giannis did foul him, and in the situation, he was going to to throw up a half court heave. Now historically, like on a regular basis in the NBA, how do they adjudicate those kinds of plays? Well, usually the ref swallows his whistle and or, you go into halftime. No, no, but but if, I mean, but that was a clear reach in, but in, George, in that case. George, two on, minutes earlier, Bobby Portis goes to the basket on a two-on-one, gets fouled, but guess what? Makes the shot. If the shot doesn't go in, they blow a late whistle and he gets two free throws. That's the I, point about it is like, there is no up and up in the NBA. There is this unwritten rule that we kind of know how things go. We understand, you know what, if there's a foul, but the you know playoffs. what? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's the whole point of this is that. Yeah, Th- yeah. There was never a point where it's like, is a foul, is a foul. No, we know because traveling's not traveling in the NBA. None of this is traveling in the NBA. Foul superstars get breaks all the time. And all of a sudden, for this point to be like, you know what, we're going to call this 50 feet. I mean, Marcus Smart threw the ball up where the Celtics guy is spinning the basketball in the logo. That's, like, <laughs> that's where the shot attempt hey. was coming from. Okay, so, so see, here, here's, here's my point. I have a problem with one thing. In the in this situation, I don't have a problem with the fact that they called the foul. I have a problem with the fact that they gave him three shots for it. And the only reason why I have a problem with the fact that they gave him three shots for it is because that's not what they typically do. They they typically just would call that a foul and or ignore the foul. But just the fact that they call the foul, okay, whatever. Now, giving him the third free throw, I was not with that part of it. See, I, I just, I don't, I don't know how you call a foul, period. And it's not even that, I mean, it was Giannis's second foul, and it's not even a question of him getting in 
in foul trouble. By the way, Boston's come out white hot in the second half, uh, not even red hot. They've extended their lead from 5 to 12 quickly in the first two minutes. So Boston is now taking this momentum, likely from the three free throws oh, that they got at stop. the end of the first half. No, or it was, just the fact that the there Bucks, shouldn't have, or the fact that the Bucks did not play good offense in the second quarter. They they were they were dominant in the first quarter and then all of a sudden they decided that they were going to abandon what was going well and and go back to their let Giannis do everything and then take these random Connaughton and Wesley Matthews three pointers that aren't even great shots and then they allowed them to come come back. This is the Bucks' fault. And but I still do I still do stand by that they are going to win this basketball game and the series. Again, they're down 12. It's 59-47. But I, I, don't think, I don't think you call a foul in that scenario. You say, you know what, Mark is smart. You picked his pocket. You did what he needed to do to add a foul. And then to your point, if it's just a reach, uh, you know, Boston and the bonus at that point would have two shots. And then Milwaukee, or then because it was a shooting How about foul, this? Don't turn the ball three over. shots. How about this? Giannis, don't turn the ball over. But the, in the, the, in he turned the, they, didn't get a, they didn't get a shot. They had, the, they had the ball with five seconds left. They're bringing it up. They didn't get a shot off. That's best case scenario, you would think, if if you were to ask Boston, you know, as Giannis is bringing up the ball in the backcourt, what's the best case scenario here? Well, that Milwaukee doesn't score. Not Correct. that that we get that, a foul and three yes, shots. Yes, no, that we no. turn him over, try to launch that was one, not get on free the bingo throws. Card. No, was it not was on not. The bingo card. And that's the thing about the NBA, and that's what that's what drives non NBA fans crazy is because you'll see this you'll see this a lot on social media. But even before social media, what do all non NBA fans say? Well, they never call travel. Superstars get all the breaks, and the final five minutes take thirty minutes. Well, that's not the case anymore because you only have two timeouts, you know, under two minutes. So that's not necessarily the case. But those same arguments have been for people who don't love the NBA forever. Is you know the officiating is this or that? That would be another. This maybe those people would love it because the, to your point is they actually called it by the actual rule. If that was a game in the I don't know, you know, Colonial Athletic Conference, or, you know, Athletic Association. Maybe maybe in the Colonial Athletic Association, they're like, cool. Ohio Valley Conference, awesome. Missouri Valley Conference, college hoops, whatever. Call it in the backcourt. But you can't do that in a game seven of an Eastern Conference semifinal. Which, by the way, George, from your confidence in the Bucs, th- like this could be the NBA Finals. With what's been going on with the no, Warriors – how no, Phoenix, how NBA. Phoenix is has been struggling against Dallas and is now finding themselves in a game seven tonight. This could end up being, this could end up being our best series of the NBA playoffs. No, and, it's not. Because and there's a the very good chance is going to be Bucks Warriors. That's going to be the best series. Well, there's a very good chance that the NBA title winner could be coming from this series. Nope. Sorry. So, no chance. No chance. Wait, you just said you had Bucks Warriors. So if I do the Bucks. Yeah, so the Bucks or Celtics, whoever survives this game, could be the NBA title. No, the they NBA can't, champion. Dan, because the Warriors are winning. That uh, it that is that is the gospel because Stone Cold said so. 
<laughs> there, there are a lot of questions that I have about the Golden State Warriors. That, that like we will what? Dive in. Uh, like what? The, there's, there's plenty. We'll get to them later. We, we'll just, uh, this, this game seven that's going on right now is just kind of under, uh, under my skin. Of course uh, it is because is, because you finally care about your team again. You I've, finally I've care about, about your I've team cared about again, my which, team for, for a long time. I've but had I more just, faith in them. <laughs> I never even made a prediction. So I, I never even made a prediction on who would make the NBA finals. No, all season, all NBA season, I'm like, listen, the Bucks are fine. They're going to win. It. They're, they're going to end up in the finals again. Don't worry about it. And Giannis should be the MVP too, FYI. Oh, yeah. I mean, Giannis, what Giannis has done in this series, I think is quieted anybody that says that he's not the best player in the game. Oh, he is. That's 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 what I that's that's what I think it has done. I mean, they have another follow up performance. He's the only thing that that they have going right now. And your point about about the uh, Connaughton and uh, Grayson Allen and, and and those guys who are not hitting the shots that you would need them to hit. Wesley Matthews. Although I've never really had a lot of confidence that Wesley Matthews could hit those shots anyway, but he's still taking some of them. Yeah, there is there is no doubt. I mean, Giannis has really proved his worth in, in almost being a one-man show outside of Drew Holiday's heroics yeah, in Game 5. But If they win this series without Chris Middleton, I mean, this just – I mean, but even already the way Giannis is performing without Chris Middleton is is just putting a big notch on his resume. Because the fact that they still have a legitimate shot to win a championship without Chris Middleton for two rounds, maybe three, bro, are you kidding me? That that's that is special territory. Like we're looking at a dude who is, you know, one of the top seventy-five NBA players of all time, but could finish as numero uno. By the way, George, you want to talk about jumping on the uh, the bandwagon late? Uh, Ryan Bershinger, our executive producer. Ryan, are you available to uh, to come on air with us for a yes, second? Yes. Okay. I don't know. When, George, when was, the, when was the last time you were here? Like a month ago? Like mid-April? Was that about? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Who at the time called Jason Tatum a superstar? Uh, you. Uh, yeah. Yep. And Ryan Bershinger, can you second that? The, yes. Yes, that's correct. And who said, no, he's not a superstar. He's not a superstar. What did I, what, if you're, if you're going to quote me, quote me correctly. What's, what's the quote then? I'm paraphrasing. I said, he's not a superstar yet, but he does have the opportunity to be a, <laughs> to, to, to become a superstar, but he's not one yet. He became a superstar this playoffs. Uh, hey, bandwagon's already full, George. No. Bandwagon is already full. No, 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 <laughs> hey, no, no, you, no, you weren't. You had no faith in Jason Tatum. You no, I did have faith superstar. in Jason Tatum. No, you I did it. I did. I did a month ago, George. Remember? There is. Doesn't a this sound very irritably similar no, no, to no, 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 no. Milwaukee were, Bucks? Yeah, you were premature, my friend. No, there is a there no. Is there a is no such thing. There. There is a no difference. such thing. Yes, there no. is a huge difference between between anointing someone a superstar before they are said superstar. <laughs> no, and you can see it. You can see it. No, no. I, I, I mean, I, and, and I he said done he enough. has the opportunity to be, and all the makings to become a superstar, but he's got to do it in the playoffs again, and he's done it time and time again in this playoffs. Mm. So yes, he is now in superstar territory.
Oh, boy, you can't have it both ways, George. Can't oh, have it both have ways. Been another foul on Jason Tatum, but okay. You can't have it both ways. Uh, but uh, thank you, Ryan, for your uh, contributions and of for course. backing me up uh, and, and for backing George up as well, who remembered, but somehow tries to change the argument in his favor. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, Jason Tatum put on an, an absolute show in game you six. Asked, asked Everybody finally kind of realized, yeah, how, how great he was. And he's got 20 points today, a leading Boston. Jalen Brown. Brown's got 17, but it's Grant Williams, really, who the Bucks are just letting shoot. Uh, he's already, Williams has already attempted 11 threes in this game because they're just leaving him wide open. He's hit four of them. He's got 14, and that's why Boston right now has a 12-point lead over Milwaukee with uh, midway through the third quarter in Boston, 63. Make that now a 10-point lead, 63 to 53 Celtics over the Bucks. All right, we're going to continue this conversation. We will keep you updated what is happening in Game 7. There is another Game 7 tonight, this one in the Western Conference, where the Warriors await the winner of the Maverick Sun series that wraps up in Phoenix. Get George on Twitter at George Reister. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. Who does it mean more to tonight that they get the W, Luca or CP3? We dive into that game seven next year on Fox Sports Radio. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not, never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament? Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was – Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a, is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of the Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You've seen the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. 
Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Should not have been a foul. Ah, uh, no, we're over that. We're we're, we're past that. Uh, Bucks need a lot more help. Uh, welcome back. It is Fox Sports Sunday. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Byer. Dan, you uh, gotta let the foul go because the, the the Bucks, while the Celtics have not shot well since the beginning of the uh, first, since the beginning of the third quarter, the Bucks have been atrocious. Their their offense looks anemic at best. Like anemic is a nice word. Yeah, there are three of twenty one from three point range right now, and Giannis has one of those threes. So that that tells you something. Um, Bobby Portis has only played uh, eight minutes in this game. Uh, that could be an issue, especially with the Celtics. I mean, Brooke Lopez has done a nice job defensively for Milwaukee. I'm really, I, I will try not to make this a solely one-sided sort of Milwaukee angle side of show. But I'll just say this, George. I can live with the Jason Tatum game in game six. I can actually live with an Al Horford game in game four. If there's going to be a Grant Williams game in game seven, that's, that's what's going to be difficult because all of his threes are just completely uncontested. They are just letting him shoot. He hit another one. He's now 5 of 12 from three-point range for Boston, worry, 17 Dan. points. It's, it, it's one of those, if you have to live with it, if Grant Williams will, if he's going to shoot, you know, 17 three-pointers and make nine of them then you're just gonna have to live with that because they I mean because because you're doing a good job of on some level slowing Jason Tatum down because he only has 10 10 field goal attempts and what you and what you hope is I mean if the Bucks could get any semblance of offense going they they only have 12 points in the third quarter and but but one of the things that's happened that happens to Giannis that's actually kind of frustrating to me is that these Marcus Smart fouls, like where he just got an offensive foul on Giannis. If any time Giannis turns and there's a shorter player like Marcus Smart there, he's going to hit him in the face. And he's like, oh, my God, I got hit in the face. Bro, like, what did you expect? You're standing right there and your face is in the way. Get your face out of the way, little man. Uh, now he's got Defensive Player of the Year honors, uh, you know, in on his resume there. So it probably helps as well. It's gone on for a while. We we know that in the NBA that those sort of calls that you know just ask Shaq on on how to to deal with it. Giannis getting a, a taste of that. Boston's come out with great energy uh, in this uh, third quarter. George, you are correct. 
Milwaukee's offense, to your point, in the last now quarter and a half have produced just 29 points. Everybody that's needed to step up to the next level without Chris Middleton in this yeah. game, even though they've not had him in this series, uh, has not done that. Bobby Porter's only, again, playing eight minutes. I would hope that could change for Milwaukee in the fourth quarter if you are a Bucks fan. But, again, the biggest test will now come in the fourth quarter because that's what Boston has to uh, erase from Game 5. Remember, they had a 14-point lead early in the fourth quarter of that Game 5, only to have the Bucks come back. That's something that the Celtics were going to uh, try to fight off. We'll keep you up to date. Ralph will uh, be here. Ralph Irvin will be here at the bottom of the hour as well uh, with the latest of what's happening here and a crazy day in Major League Baseball. But I do want to get your thoughts on tonight in Game 7 in Phoenix, Mavericks and Suns. I posed the question, and it's the, the reason, George, and you weren't here last week, and I brought this up when Ryan Hollins uh, sat in for you. By the way, Ryan's going to join us in about uh, two hours from now, I would say, to recap this Bucks celtics game and look ahead to Suns-Mavs. But the point I was making about Luka was I'm not trying to say that Luka is overrated. That, that was not the point of it. I'm trying to say is that Luka Doncic – is not held to the standard of winning in his career. And we talk about winning games. We talk about winning championships and taking your team. When we talk about Luka, none of that comes into the conversation. And in a way, I think he gets a pass for it, uh, considering how we will criticize Kevin Durant and how we'll criticize uh, other players for not winning or winning as much as we oh. think that they should. Yeah. And, and, and Luke, in Luka's case... In Luca's case, we love his skill set. We love what he does. We love what he does in the stat book. But it's never of, hey, is a Luca team going to beat a team in a series that maybe they shouldn't have? And and that's why I actually think that tonight is is big for Luca because this to knock off the defending Western Conference champs to do it in Phoenix to do it you know where he is no doubt the main absolute cog, and there's not really a close number two. Maybe Jalen Brunson healthy on that team is the number two. This would go a really long way from making my argument be silent if he could win tonight. And so I just don't think we held him up to the standards as other NBA superstars do when it comes to winning. Okay, I wanted to let you finish that ridiculous point. You you are totally off base there, Dan. And the, and the reason why is big – is because Luka Doncic, what what year is he in? Fourth year. Fourth year. Nobody in their fourth year is held to a standard of winning like like that. Nobody. Not even LeBron was held to a standard of winning in in his fourth year. So it it's not. Kevin Durant took his team to the conference finals in, in his fourth year. Yeah, but it's not. So, in, it's not until made it to the NBA Finals the next year. Yeah, but. But nobody is saying, oh, my God, how come he hasn't won big yet? And two, uh, in addition to Luka, it's been his situation because he has been like uh, he just had. Well, they they got him some help two years ago with with Porzingis. And then everybody's like, wait, hold up. Porzingis literally was a zero in the playoffs. So. So uh so he does get a little bit of a pass for the uh for the Porzingis thing and you're looking at his team now and you're saying all right they are a little bit better but they're still without Tim Hardaway and they've pushed to a game 7 once Luka gets to game to year 6 that's when that pressure of winning starts and and he's actually like if you look at him personally his performances in the playoffs 
particularly against the Clippers the last two seasons, have been outstanding. Outstanding. So so it, it, it feels like things are more on the team than they are on him personally, if that makes sense. Yeah, I just I think that they're like the thing to do in the NBA is to criticize superstars or to yeah, criticize but you can't stars. Criticize a guy in year in year four. You can criticize a guy in year uh in year six, year year eight. But you can't criticize a guy in year four for not winning. He doesn't even know how to win yet. I don't even think it. I don't even think it comes up into the conversation. Like Mavs' uh, win loss record doesn't even pop in. Like it doesn't even. It's not even a. It's not, it's not even a conversation. And and when the Bucks were winning, for example, before they won the title, and Giannis was doing, you know, his thing, and he's become more of a complete player. But there is the falling short. And it, well, and, hold on, but then, but then he had already won two M, two MVPs. So, so there and a defensive player of the year. So there was some natural criticism of. Wait, hold on, how are you going to be a two time MVP and you can't even get to the conference finals? There, that was a legitimate thing. If Luca had an MVP, for instance, like there, like there's criticism of Jokic. Because he's got two MVPs now. People are like, hey, yeah, uh, so what are you doing, MVP? I think though, Jokic, though, gets a, a bit of a, of, a, of a pass around, uh, and, and not to veer away from it, but just with the Nuggets injuries with Jamal Murray. Um, and, but to your point, I guess it would be, if that's the, if that's the case, if we're getting on, on Jokic for it, you know, are we – if if he's got to deal with injuries of a Jamal Murray and a Michael Porter Jr., then you know, like, why are we getting on Jokic if they're shorthanded, but we're giving a pass to Luca? Because Luca's in year four. That's the that's the reason why. Um, but on a, on another note, this well, actually, we, I, we I, I'm curious to see. Injury. I'm curious to see on what what the temperature is next year. So if Luca comes in, let's just say he doesn't do anything with his body, is kind of the same body, you know. Jokic, oh, oh, he's gonna you know, get criticism. He's absolutely. I'm, I'm curious to see if that's the case. Yeah, so. next year's the year where that sort of thing starts. And why is Grant Williams, who who falls on the ground all the time, acts like he would die in a pillow fight, uh, acting hitting three pointers <laughs> at this level? Like it's it's quite annoying. To to what every single play he's on the ground like like come on dude he's like players players like like him I promise you I I mean just I can never cheer for it never get on the Grant Williams train ever if the Suns don't win tonight is this is this it for for CP three and and Phoenix meaning are you going to see Memphis obviously uh, get to the next level. Is Golden State now another year and you get Wiseman back and you have another year of Jordan Poole and that team arriving? We mentioned I Mavs think that this is like, a bigger failure than the than the Warriors seventy three and nine season. The, I think the Suns this, don't get it done. Yes. Because they were by far the most dominant team in the NBA all year. And then to come and, and lay an egg like this and to wet the bed, that would be absolutely terrible and honestly and from meeting cp3 and 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 all of that i think that this one would stick with him more than anything else because he's never put together a string of games this bad 
in maybe in his entire career. So he's got to play better today. Like there's no way he can put together five bad uh, five bad games in a row or four bad games in a row. Like yeah, it's impossible. It, it's 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 crazy to think too that this window could be closed. Uh, if it if it doesn't stay open tonight in Game Seven, because it would be an awful loss. To your point about uh, his performances on the court, they have not been good. It's also a team that uh, you know, I believe I've I've told you in the uh, in our shows once the NFL season was over, is Phoenix just felt like a team that wanted to win the regular season, that they wanted to prove to everybody that they belonged to the NBA Finals, that they should have won the NBA title last year, and that's how they took to the regular season. Now, if it doesn't translate into the playoffs and they lose tonight, that's a tough one to take in Phoenix. I mean, I mean oh, it, oh, it, it God, is. Yes, yeah, it, especially when you've won all the home games so far. And and the other part of of just the to get back to the Luca situation, I'm actually using it as a positive. Is I think if they win tonight, like this is the thing that maybe propels Luca, or this is the this would maybe not to the level of LeBron's 07 Pistons series, where he took over in the you know fourth quarter in the overtime in that game five. It wouldn't be that level, but this would be one again. If you're talking about resume building, this would be one that would look really really good on uh, Luca's resume. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Byer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Let's go to the news desk. George uh, is uh, got his eyes on what's happening in Boston. So do I. So does Ralph Irvin. Ralph, let's give us the latest of what's happening between Bucks and Celtics Game 7. Well, you've got your eyes on it, so I'll feast your ears on it, too, just so you can enjoy. That's All right. dribble, exposed to the ball. Matthews can't get it away. Jalen bounce pass, leads smart in the paint to the corner. Grant lines up a three. Got it. Grant Williams is saying, you have to be the hero, and he's starting to knock him down. <laughs> Just for you, Dan, at WBZ. I can't believe this is going to be the Grant Williams the game. The Sports like- Hub, <laughs> Celtics Radio Network. Grant Williams, 30, or 22 points in this contest, leading Boston's attack right now. 20 for Jason Tatum, 19 for Jalen Brown. As Boston has that 76-64 lead, 40 seconds left to play in the third quarter of Game 7. Coming up at 5 Eastern, or 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific, it will be Game 7 in the West. Phoenix hosting Dallas. Steve Kerr has cleared health and safety protocols. He will be ready to coach in the NBA's Western Conference Finals for Golden State. Now, finals in for Major League Baseball. Jace Peterson, Colton Wong, back-to-back home runs. And Milwaukee, a 7-3 winner over Miami right now on the Diamonds. Well, it's just gone final. Texas gets two home runs each from Adelise Garcia and Cole Calhoun. They beat Boston 7-1 in the seventh. Kansas City, Colorado tied at six. Shohei Otani, another home run. Angels, a 2-1 lead over Oakland in the fourth. And Philadelphia doing damage to the Dodgers, who've lost four straight. It's 4-2 Phillies in the fourth. So we set it back now. It is a Fox Sports right. Sunday. Dan Beyer and Ralph, George Reister. you got to let us know what happened in Pittsburgh today. That is, I think, that is the second biggest story well, it's, right now. I, I, the, 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 the reality of the rules is the buzzkill. <laughs> Pittsburgh did not have a hit, but they won one nothing. It is not a no-hitter because it did not go nine innings. <laughs> but yes. Unbelievable. Do you celebrate? <laughs> Do you celebrate if that's the case? I think yeah, Leonard Green yeah, had himself a, a celebration, win. but... A win is a win. No, I'm talking about the Reds who didn't allow a hit. Reds like, yes. don't allow a hit, but they lose one nothing. Yeah. Oh, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> you can't celebrate 
at losing a basketball. I'm sorry, losing a baseball game. No, no way. You have absolutely failed if you lost the game. So no, I am not. If I'm a Reds fan, I'm. I'm not feeling good about that. Listen, all. it's been a bad season for the Reds in this. Because you uh, walk three straight batters. I you I, walk three straight batters and then they hit into a fielder's choice. So so no, I don't feel good because I'm like I'll, I have pitchers that walk three straight batters and we lost the game. Th- this is what I think the rules should be on on a no hitter. And I know to Ralph's point, it's not a, really a no hitter because they didn't throw nine innings. Um, however. However, if they would have scored, if Pittsburgh would have scored their lone run on an error, therefore meaning it wasn't the pitcher's fault, then I believe that the pitchers involved should be able to celebrate. To your point of it being the three walks and then the fielder's choice that allowed the run to score, the three walks are on the pitcher's shoulders. Correct. So I agree, but if it was an error, error if there was an error that allowed the run to score then i think it you should be allowed yes, to it celebrate was still an earned run yes correct correct but if yeah. it was somebody else's fault i also think this i think this for pittsburgh the pirates should not have been allowed to give on-field handshakes after that win <laughs> There should have been no victory line. They should have been relegated to congratulating themselves in the dugout or in the clubhouse. That's the rule when you don't get a hit in a game. You do not celebrate on the Mm -hmm. mound with your teammates. Oh, you are completely wrong, Dan. This is a team that's 15 and 19 now. And after what their fans went through last year, I mean – they should be able to celebrate anything positive that that happens because it's not going to be a lot positive. Like the the only way that they could be even more destitute would be being the Cincinnati Reds, w- which is by far the worst roster in in baseball. It's not even like I don't even think it's close. As soon as the final out was recorded, all players should have been forced to sprint right into the dugout. There should have been no, 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 hey, pitch and catch, shaking hands, outfielders doing their, you know, uh, high five gestures that they all do before joining the fray. There should be none of that. You you win the game. Yeah, that's one thing. But if you don't get a hit, you are not allowed to celebrate on the field. There's no handshake line or anything. And here's the other issue is this, is that maybe, just maybe, it is the it is the manager's fault, right? Because today Hunter Green was the starting pitcher. He would he had gone seven innings, okay, seven innings. So, well, sorry, he finished the game with a hundred and eighteen pitches, a hundred and eighteen pitches. So he had already pitched seven full innings. And then here came two of the walks, right? Mm-hmm. And here came two of the walks, and then they took him out. So, so he had already thrown over a hundred pitches. Maybe, just maybe, your guy that just came off of UCL surgery, you're in his rookie year in the big leagues. He's thrown a hundred pitches. Maybe take him out. This is this is where th- that that would have never happened to Dave Roberts. 
That would have, and, and I criticize Dave Roberts all the time for taking people out too too early. That would never happen to him if that were Dave Roberts. And I feel bad for Hunter Green. Man, it was a good thing though. Roberts saved Kershaw because we don't want him to get injured later on. In oh season. my God! I, knew, <laughs> I, I, I was I was fighting mad. I was literally fighting mad when 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 I saw that he went on the injured list. <laughs> oh, it's a good thing. Good thing. It would have happened a week sooner if they would have kept him in that game, that perfect game. Oh, man. Uh, speaking of games, it continues to be the Grant Williams game. Uh, George, uh, he's now hit another three. So Grant Williams has hit seven threes for Boston today. Their leading score with 25 I points. I hate it here. I absolutely hate it here right now. Uh, he, him, him and, him and uh, Al Horford have both had their angels in the outfield game. But at least... At least Al Horford used to be a star in the league. You know what I mean? Like, at least he used to be a star. He was never a superstar, but he was a very good player for a long time. But but Grant Williams, dude, this is like, okay, I'm, I'm going to give an equivalent for another team. This is like Jay Crowder. Uh, actually, nah, because Jay, Jay Crowder's at least had some big games in playoffs prior and in games because this is his career high we're talking about a career high at 22 points this would be like for the like max struce i actually Matt, Matt, max struce scored 20 points in the last last game this would be like gabe vincent for the miami heat scoring 30 points and the majority of them on three pointers everybody would be like wait what 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 happened it, it's, oh. This is gross. Yeah, and and he keeps shooting them. Um, and he's got he's got sixteen three point attempts, and uh, now it's starting to become a runaway. Boston, uh, Peyton Pritchard just hit a three, eighty seven to sixty eight. Uh, Boston leads Milwaukee with 9.35 left to go in the fourth quarter. All right, he's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Get George on Twitter at George Reister. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. One NFL team didn't get a primetime game when the NFL schedule came out earlier this week. I'll give you the reason why next here on Fox. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do That's my That's my dance, <laughs> Fox Sports Sunday. I'm Dan Bayer. He's the NFL vet, George Reister. Get him on Twitter at George Reister. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Bayer on Fox. 822 left to go in Boston. Celtics up on Milwaukee, 88 to 70. So Boston fans just need to hold on for the final 822, and they will have a date in Miami in the Eastern Conference Finals coming up on Tuesday. Did you get into the schedule release on uh, Thursday night, George, with the NFL coming out? Did you get into it? Yeah, I mean, on on, on some level, I saw it. (laughs) You know what I mean? But... The the thing I pay attention to more than anything is I just check out who the primetime games are and see if any of them actually need to be are going to need to be flexed out at the end of the year. Yeah, well, I can tell you that you can flex out Bears Packers in week two, like right now on Sunday night. <laughs> no, see, see, why the Bears? That's, listen, that's oh my why goodness. they do it early, Dan. Is that is no. that way? 
is that way it's an NFC North matchup, traditional matchup, huge fan bases. So you can actually get that game played on primetime where a lot of people are going to watch it and, and it still matters on some level. You know oh, what I'm saying? I, I, no, I, you don't need to tell me. I, I mean, they believe that Packers, Bears, and that late, like, who cares? Like, we all know the Bears are going to stink. It's not gonna, we're not going to be fooled by week yeah, two that they're only zero and one or one and zero. I don't care. I don't need to watch the Bears in week one or week eighteen. Like I, I mean, that's my whole point. The Bears got three pre, uh, prime time games. Like they could be one of the worst that's, teams in the league. That is absolute you know? madness. That they it got is three. It is. And to have one in week two, this is the thing that I – listen, we will as, – as football fans, like I am not a fan of the NFC East matchups. I understand why they shove the Cowboys and Eagles down our throat and the Giants and the Cowboys, uh, those markets. I understand all of that. doesn't mean I have to like it. And I think at some point that the rest of the country probably feels the same way about Packers and Bears where it's – all right, we know that they're the longtime rivals, but do we really need to see this game on prime time? I don't think that. Oh, we that's do. Sunday night, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No. No. Thank you. Uh, the Lions were the only team to not get a prime time game, and there was some argument that well, their prime time game is Thanksgiving morning uh, or early afternoon if you're on the East Coast, but that Thanksgiving Day game is reason enough that that would be the one prime time game for the Lions. I don't think that that's the case. I don't think that you should count that as a primetime game. I will say this, though. I know why the Lions, by the way, do not have a primetime game. Oh. And that's because Jared Goff is their quarterback. Mm. That is that is the hey, reason. Hey, hey, do you know what? They are going to, by the, by the end of the season, the, end, the NFL schedule makers are going to wish that they had – given them a primetime game over and and swapped out one of them Bears games because one team's going to have a better record than the other team. I, w- I would take the Lions record this year over the Bears record. Try I, that I, on for size. No, I, I, don't think that, I don't think that you're wrong. That's not what I'm arguing. It's just I'm arguing that the NFL looks at it and says, okay, well, we can give Jacksonville a game because they've got Trevor Lawrence. Like there's a reason we could put them in prime time. There's a, a reason to maybe see a young quarterback. You look at the Lions and you're just like, we can't put Jared Goff on prime time. That's the reason that they did it. I mean, there's there's other reasons. Other oh, teams have gotten stop. prime Dude, time, you were just but Jared Goff your... is the reason why the Lions are you not are on prime time. George's favorite quarterback right now. George's favorite quarterback of the Jared NFL Goff liberties right now is buddy. the reason why the Lions are not on prime time. And I agree. I, I'm going to enjoy the Lions, and because they're not on prime time, I'm going to be cheering for the Lions. Oh, this is some to prove the NFL right here, wrong. Buddy. No, I'm dead serious. But I do. I did want to get Jared Goff is the reason they didn't want to put. They didn't want that quarterback on. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. It's all Celtics. 94-74 over the Bucks with five and a half minutes to go here in Game 7. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. One Game 7 almost in the books. As you heard Ralph Irvin say, Celtics taking it to the Bucks right now. So it looks like we're going to have a Celtics Heat Eastern Conference Finals as the defending champions. Uh, 
are about to be dethroned at TD Garden in Boston. Welcome aboard. It is Fox Sports Sunday. Get George Reister on Twitter at George Reister. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. Who is to blame? Who is to blame? Is it the Chris Middleton injury or is it the person who I blamed on Twitter? It is the man who would have been fired last year if they did not win the championship. And that is Mike Bootenhoser. His offense has been absolutely putrid today. I mean, it, I mean, aside from Giannis going God mode last year in the playoffs and then this year in the playoffs too. They would not be, be here. There is nothing strategic that he has done to put them in a position to win. There, there's – I'm not saying that he's without fault. No, no, um, on de- and on defense, Aime <clears throat> uh, I, I Udoka made, made an adjustment. I mean, at some point in time today, I mean, he should have said, all right, uh, okay, we, we, we had an Angels in the outfield game from Al Horford, right? Where, where he went crazy making three-pointers, everything else. So it's clear that we may be on the verge of having a Grant Williams-Angels in the outfield game. So at some point in time, maybe the defense should have been, oh, wait, hold up. Let's stop giving Grant Williams wide-open shots. Maybe at some point in time, that, that should have been a thought, right? Yes, I, I like, think like the, like that. Let's switch the defense. But that's been my that's been Mike Bootenholzer's uh, cr- criticism. A lot of critics and other people, you know, analysts have had of him over the years is that he is not good in game adjusting that well, and, and that he has one way that he likes to play. And he's like, well, that way won the the uh, one year. And it's just not a long term you know, a uh, way to be able to, to, to win championships. There, and we're seeing it in, in its terrible form again. There's, I, I think that there's a lot there to unpack. I don't think that it's solely on Mike Budenholzer. I don't think that he is without some blame, but you know, there are questions about the usage of George Hill in this series. You know, Javon Carter was a guy that they actually played quite a bit in the regular season and uh, saw some minutes, and he hardly saw the floor at all in this series. They chose to go with the veteran George Hill. Their eight-man rotation that they chose on without Chris Middleton in the lineup, uh, yeah, desperately, I guess, lacks a consistent scoring threat. You can have a Pat Connaughton game. Uh, You can maybe even have a Wesley Matthews game. You can have a Bobby Portis game, but they did not have anybody that could truly – also be an offensive threat you have to along kind of with scheme that too because there was no continuity offensively in in the game like none they're like their 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 offense is a lot of standing around hey let's let let's let Giannis drive and everybody else sit at the three-point line I mean because you can deal with not making you know with not shooting well because they're four for 31 from the three-point line. But the problem is this. They allow Boston. Boston's taken 85 shots. They have taken 53 three-pointers. 53 out of 85 shots. Do you realize how insane that that is? And and then they uh and then they're shooting it at 38%. What and if you take White's 
one for six out and Marcus Smart's one for six because neither one of those is particularly good three-point shooters anyway. I mean, they are absolutely getting drowned from the three-point line. And Grant Williams, all of his are wide open. I feel bad for Giannis. They just showed Giannis on the on the the sideline, what, 25 points, 20 rebounds, nine assists. I Like, he just looked like a man who was sh- – like had too much on his on his shoulders and the the coach did nothing to help him out there's it's it's not mike budenholzer that is the entire problem there the middleton injury played a a a big role in this and even you could say in this game seven no but if they have chris middleton maybe milwaukee wins this series a little bit earlier but boston i i I feel Boston's been the better team this series. May not come out in in uh, you know in some of the the games, but realistically, of what Boston put together in Game Five and how they let that one slip away, I felt that Boston was just slightly the better team. The question now is with Milwaukee of these other pieces that you've had, you d- you do now need to figure out a way to put something more around Giannis and to have. Um, other pieces that can step up. And, and it's not just a finding a, a, a number two because you have Chris Middleton there, but it's okay. It's finding it's it's so, finding a Jordan Poole sort of, you know, yeah, scenario. So my, so my question to you is, is do you believe that had the uh, uh, had the Boston, uh, sorry, had the Bucks lost in game seven in the second round last year uh, to Brooklyn. Do you believe that Mike Bootenholzer would still be the head coach for the Bucks? No. Exactly. He was going to get fired last year and Giannis saved him. And now this and now this year you are watching what what the continuation of his poor coaching is doing. I, I, I just I, – I don't I, – I mean, allowing Grant Williams to continue to – like, at the beginning of the game, if you're saying, all right, Grant Williams is going to have to beat us. To your point, I agree after he's made – you know, it wasn't like he was 2 of 12. He was 5 Correct. of 12. Then he was 6 of 13. So he's hitting those shots. Yeah, at that, some point in time, you got to put a hand up. Yes, yes. Like, and there, there were wide open threes that he was doing. But this doesn't absolve probably the bigger I, I think the bigger issues with Milwaukee of, of of their guys that they've now got if you're going to compete for a championship that the Pat Connaughton's, the Grayson Allens, the, that those guys, the Wesley Matthews were unable to step up another level when one of their guys came out. You know, we talk about this a lot in the NFL. When a top wide receiver goes out, can the number two step up to be the number one? Or are they just suited to be the number two? And I think that's what we found out about Milwaukee is that their players are not able to step up. And it's not a criticism against him. It's how they're constructed. It's how, it's how those players are. One of the deals with Golden State this year, which is crazy to think, George, Stephen, think of you know less than a month ago, we are saying to ourselves, should Steph Curry continue to come off the bench? 
I mean, look at what Jordan Poole's doing. Like, when Steph has come back to the lineup and Steph has started, it's hurt Jordan Poole's numbers. But, I mean, can, like, that was, a, that was a, for as stupid as the conversation was, it was out there because guess what? It showed that Jordan Poole could – step up his game or he's done that over the last month but that was the question at first is like do you, do you continue this because of how Jordan Poole has done he stepped up in the absence of, of Steph Curry and, and and you know took his game to another level Grant Williams I mean steps up for Boston when they need him when ones and twos are are not uh, cashing in that's going to be Milwaukee's uh, decision and and problem in the offseason and the only reason I take it that way George and not to not to take it away from Budenholzer is because this is going to be the decision or these are the decisions that are going to be the reason on why Giannis would stay or leave after his next contract and it's crazy to think that we're maybe having those conversations but to your point of how Giannis looked on the court that's if if that if this disappointment comes in after winning a title like they did last year and ends up coming in like it did there's going to be a point where Giannis is going to get frustrated so now it's up to John Horst in that front office to to put other players around Giannis to make it successful that's that's how I that's like my takeaway from this to your point Budenholzer you know and his what he's Got that'll come out in the wash at some point. If it's not working, they'll get rid of him because they don't want to waste Giannis's years. But it's the front office that is really it's up to them to not have a Wesley Matthews or to have the Grayson Allen or to have the Pat Connaughton put up stinkers like they did in game seven. That's what they're going to have to find. That's what's going to be big for them. Correct. And and a little bit of coaching. Yes. No, you're going to have to if if this team is going and. Like it, it, it's one of those. I, I I talk about this in college football all the time. Dan is that the better that you recruit, the less good that you have to coach, right? Mm-hmm. And but that when you meet other people who have equal talent, that's where the coaching really you know separates. So as the playoffs get deeper then those coaching adjustments are going to be crucial. So I think that you put a ceiling on what the Bucks can do, you know, on how many championships that they can win without with, with uh, Mike Budenholzer as the head coach because some people are just going to give this a pass, right? They're like, yeah, okay. But the reality is they could have won this series. And if they had won this series, they get Chris Middleton back for the Eastern Conference Finals. Now you got another chance to win a championship. And these these windows close extremely quickly. And this is a major fail by Mike Budenholzer and the Bucks. It's funny because as a Bucks fan, and and I and I think that your opinion will be shared by uh, more than a few people. That it is a major failure. As a fan, I, I I hate to admit this, but I still can't believe they won it last year. I knew you were going to say that. I knew like, it. Like that's the like, that's the crazy part about it. That's like, what happens when you're when you're a fan of a poverty franchise. That, it, like, it truly is. Yes, yes. That that you said it absolutely perfectly. There was never a point in my lifetime, especially you know prior to Giannis being drafted. Um, where I thought, all right, this is going to be the guy that turns it around and brings the title. Even if he would have panned out and never in our wildest dreams, could any Bucks fan think that you'd get a two-time NBA, 
MVP and an NBA title and, and that sort of player. There's no way. You guys feel like you're playing with house money right now. Yeah, you're thinking because you're also dealing with the, what at the time was a LeBron-led world and stars were just only playing and what you felt were certain markets or certain teams were having success that only maybe six NBA teams had a, you know, had a chance to win. That, that's what it felt like a period of time. So even though they lost today and the season is done, there's still there, there's not this – there's not this bitterness that I thought there would be. I hated the call at the end of the first half. We popped right on the air, and I, I actually think, from by the looks of it, changed the entire second half of the game because Boston came out on fire in the second half, and there would be another maybe feather in it your cap. It didn't matter, Dan. It didn't matter. But it did not matter. The, yeah, the, the Bucks right. were going to lose this game with the way they played offensively. They scored 17 points in the third quarter. I'm sorry, in the second quarter. 21 points in the third quarter, 17 points in the fourth quarter for a total of 81 points. So, so it didn't matter whether the, what happened with that foul and how the Celtics came out making shots because because you didn't score enough points to win anyway. Like it did, they scored 81 points, 26, 17, 21, and 17. That my that my friends is on the coach because Ime Udoka made a huge adjustment on defense and how they were going to guard the Bucks. And Mike Budenholzer sat on sat on his thumbs and was like, "Hey, yo, Giannis, go save us again, please save me." And then he had twenty five and twenty to your point, but uh, he had yeah, forty well and twenty two last game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, a one-man show, to say the least, in Milwaukee. So the Celtics move on. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Byer. Their Eastern Conference Final Series with the Miami Heat will begin in Miami on Tuesday. Get George on Twitter at the George or at George Reister. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. Coming up next, the NFL schedule is now out. So what's next for the National Football League? Ah, a lot to still decide. We'll talk about the National Football League with our NFL insider, Adam Kaplan, next year on Fox Sports Radio. What a week. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents... A new chapter in luxury. 
the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. <laughs> It was in the NFL. Welcome aboard. It's Fox Sports Sunday. He's George Reister, the NFL vet. I'm Dan Beyer joining us now to talk about the happenings of the National Football League. Kind of like the, I don't know, the last, like, uh, you know, wayside or last, uh, you know, pit stop before we get to training camp was the NFL schedule released to talk about that. And so much more as a guy you can hear on the Inside the Birds podcast on Sirius XM and right here on Fox Sports Radio is our NFL insider, Adam Kaplan, is here. Hello, Adam. Happy Sunday. How are you? Guys, good to talk to you. Yeah, the schedule release. It's really funny how, how people hype it up, and the league does a good job of it. You know, they, they've actually given teams more latitude to release some games uh, earlier in the week before the full release on Thursday. So, yeah, it, 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 was, it was the highlight of the week, and you know, May after the draft is usually a little bit of a downtime, but that's why they moved it from April to May to stretch it out. They also had to do it because Tom Brady uh, decided to come back, and uh, <laughs> yeah. there were reports that they had started a schedule without him, then gotten ahead to scrap stuff. Just that was the other big news. And before we get into the whole schedule stuff, do you think Brady's decision and the announcement that he's going to be joining Fox on a 10 year deal, does that play? Or did that give you any insight on when he actually will retire? No, definitely not. No, because so. after this time, after his shortest retirement in NFL history, uh, <laughs> Guys, uh, yeah, you, you can't. No, it absolutely does not because it's already done. They have an agreement. So whenever he decides to retire, they'll wait for him. That's the key part about this, guys. They're, if he wants to play two more years, they'll wait for him. They, they've already done that, which is kind of unique. Now, I know they've disputed the, the, the contract numbers that are out there, but that's also another part of it. Even if it's $15 million a year for a broadcaster covering the NFL, that, that helps anyone else who, who wants to be an analyst for, for games. Yeah, Adam, now, what what have you heard from teams and general managers about these schedules? Because obviously they get them a little bit 
early, but there are teams that have a lot of primetime games that maybe are questionable like the Chicago Bears <laughs> and, and some teams don't have them. Is there kind of an uproar or, you know, kind of upsetness between the ownership and the schedule makers? Well, remember now, the teams that know who they're playing, they just don't know when they're going to play them uh, and, and whether they're going to be in prime time or not. It's really interesting. So, so, George, you mentioned the only team not to have a prime time game, and deservedly so is the Lions. They historically have been a bad football team, and they didn't get a prime time game. Now, the one that surprised me, I was not expecting the Eagles to get five. Now, the, the way the league will tell you is that the, the broadcasts, Partners look at teams sort of like a national team, like Philly. You know Dallas is going to get their share. But it just tells you that the league thinks the Eagles are a team that's only on the come here, so to speak. You know, they did make the playoffs surprisingly, though their schedule was easy. And then when you look at the schedules, guys, I mean, this is another part of it. Talking to the league about it, you know, when, they, when they really they finalize everything late, late March, early April, they do it, uh, believe it or not. They actually do some forecasting about how they think teams will be. And obviously, without Brady is one thing, but with Brady, you know that that puts him back on prime time. Which is why the Seahawks will face the Broncos in Week One, because you don't want yep. an 0-4 Seahawks team to face the Broncos on Sunday Night Football. He is Adam Kaplan, our Fox Sports Radio NFL Insider. Get him on Twitter at Kaplan NFL. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Byer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Uh, are, are, are the Saints just trying to get like all former LSU players? Um, <laughs> what's what, what's going on in New Orleans? Jarvis Landry's in there. Tyron Matthew is in there. Do they, do they feel that they are that close to add those pieces, or, or are they valuing those guys maybe more than I am? Well, think about it, guys. They were a finalist for Deshaun Watson, so that tells you that they're really going for it. Now, this really helps the receiver core. They, it's much deeper than it was last season. Now, the one issue is obviously Jameis Winston, who's going to be their starting quarterback, coming back from a torn ACL. And remember, Taysom Hill is no longer quarterback. He's going to play tight end with Sean Payton leaving. Sean Payton was his biggest champion. It's the reason why Payton, uh, Taysom Hill got the, the big contracts over the years. And Taysom Hill will be the, the highest-paid backup tight end of the National Football League. It's kind of crazy what he's being paid, over $11 million this season. In fact, by contract structure, they're kind of stuck with him next year. So they got a lot of talent, though, in offense. Now, the big issue is what's going to happen with Alvin Kamara off the field legally. We're not going to know that until sometime in August at the earliest. Now, I, I wanted to address the Eagles thing because there, there's a lot of people who are criticizing them, and you covered them on the Inside the, the Birds podcast. Now, like, it's people that think that this team is going to be terrible, that they're going to be bad. Where do you stand on it? Because I think that this team uh, is going to have, is going to win the NFC East this year. You know, George, when I look at 32 teams, I look at who they're playing, when they play them. I don't look so much at last year. It's about what they look like now. And if you looked at – if you if just graded all four NFC East teams – it would be hard for me not to come up with the Eagles as being the best team. They're over under, by the way. If you look at those, it's only eight and a half wins. I certainly like the over there. Because remember, they had nine wins last year. They are significantly better at receiver with A.J. Brown. There's no question about that. Jalen Hurts, second year in the system. Uh, they, they made some significant additions on defense, but particularly with Hassan Reddick. You know, the Eagles are going to change their defense. They're going to be more of a multiple front defense. So they just feel much better, and they have the NFL's best offensive line. So, yeah, they, they, to me, they have to be the favorite for that division. And I, the more I think about it, I, I can understand why the league put them on prime time so much. But five, to me, I, I don't see them being an elite team. But if you look at their schedule, folks, 
they don't play any of the elite teams. They don't play the Rams. They don't play the Bucks. They don't play the, the, even the Bengals. Uh, they don't play any of the teams that you think would go far this season, and that's why, to me, they're, they're, they're looking good. And one more note for them, 11 of the games of the 17 on their schedule, those teams did not make the playoffs last year, so that certainly helps. It, it seems to me that Buffalo uh, kind of got the darling of the NFL in the in the schedule, meaning they're opening up on on uh, you know opening night against the Rams. Thursday, They'll play the yeah. Lions on Thanksgiving. Play Christmas Day. Um, there's <laughs> you know like like they're in a lot of marquee windows. That that was the sense that that I kind of got. Uh, what what is your two is is Buffalo that marquee team now or is, is that have they I, I assume there are going to be a lot of people Super Bowl pick when we start making predictions in the summer but did Buffalo deserve that kind of treatment by the NFL it is remarkable a 20 year span of not making the playoffs and now you see how far they've come and runner up to getting to the Super Bowl once again so yeah I would say so I think it's a good way to frame it that uh, they're that 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 team that people see as elite. And they've got that quarterback, Josh Allen. Uh, that's that's why it's a quarterback-driven league. It it is true. There's there's no question. And then yeah, the opening game and is it getting better? That Stafford, Josh Allen cannot wait for that. That that's kind of the way yeah. it is. And don't forget, in week two though, very oddly, we have a double Monday night schedule, which is something that we was not expecting. Uh, and Adam, now to kind of shift to kind of the business of the football stuff, because there's still a lot of things that are outstanding right now. Have you heard anything about what's about when a timeline on a decision in the Deshaun Watson suspension or not suspension will will happen or what's going on with the Miami Dolphins with their uh, investigation and the Washington commanders as well? Yeah, let's go to Deshaun Watson. I expect something to happen by the start of the season. I still expect it, as the teams involved told me, to be somewhere between six and eight games. Uh, but there's nothing imminent, the league has said, and we'll see if it gets done. Nothing new in Washington and that situation, which is quite interesting. And then, by the way, we got the Raiders situation, which just popped up, which could potentially be serious uh, with the allegations from, the, from their former team president. By the way, they, they will now have three team presidents in three years. That's bizarre to me. Uh, yeah, so nothing new on Watson, nothing new on, on uh, again, but I expect the, the Watson decision to come down sometime in August. Uh, nothing new with Washington. That one is something to keep an eye on. It, it is interesting, off the field, how many situations are still open, and the Raiders one just popped up, and that one to me could be potentially very serious with the allegations from the former team president against the owner. Uh, quick, quickly, though, ahead, what, what does that mean with the Deshaun Watson situation and Baker Mayfield, because he hasn't been moved yet, and we know that his $19 million is prohibitive to some teams wanting yep. to take him. So what is the latest with that, and, how, and is Deshaun Watson's potential suspension impacting that in any way? No, not at all. They, they wanted to move him during the draft. The Panthers talking to them. They're not amenable to taking on a majority of the salary. They would take on. They would have taken on a minimal part of it, I'm told by a Panther source this week that there's no trade. They're not interested in trading for uh, Baker Mayfield at this moment. Now, one a, another team told me they expect Mayfield to hit the hit the hit the ground, meaning to be released. They don't know that for a fact, but they think that unless Cleveland is willing to relent and take on a majority of the salary, they won't be able to move him. He just he simply cannot be on the football team. Jacoby Brissett is the backup. 
they have to make a decision on, on how they want to handle it. It's it's just it's a prohibitive contract, and it's it's been kind of ugly. They they really thought, to be honest with you, they were going to be able to move him during the draft, and it and the Panthers are the ones who backed out because they were not the 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 Browns were not moving off the fact that they want uh, whoever gets Mayfield if they're able to move him a majority of the contract. So they're kind of stuck with him now, and I don't think I, I based on what I've heard, it's unlikely, not impossible. It's unlikely they'll be able to be, they'll be able to get a trade unless they're willing to take on a lot of the salary. It's hard to believe, but I'm already sick of that story. Like, like it's I, I, I just yeah. I, I wish it would just take care of itself. I, I don't. I mean, I, I just I, I, you got to talk about it because it's here. But it just is. It's just of of the of Watson being in limbo to the point and then yep. the contract. It's just you know nothing's really changed, and we've been talking about it for two months now. And so um, I can't handle another off season of talking about just one <laughs> NFL story. So hopefully something else happens. Adam Kaplan's our NFL insider. So now what do you do for the next two months? Is it all fantasy football prep, or what do you got? No, I, I, I wish. No, no, I wish. Uh, that comes in August. No, um, actually, I start looking at where I'm going to go for training camps this year because there have been 10 co- coaching changes, some front office changes. So I, that's how I plan about what's new. Whatever is new, I like to I like to visit those camps. I haven't been to the Vikings for a couple of years. I want to probably check them out and uh, j- just kind of planning for the off season. I'll probably go, I'll wind up. I usually go to a couple of the um, mandatory camps. I go to probably the Ravens, maybe the Giants, and probably the Eagles. So that's kind of what I do in the off season. All right, planning your vacations. No, you're working. You're working. I hard. wish. <laughs> Adam Kaplan, our Fox Sports Radio NFL Insider. Thanks, Adam. We'll talk to you later, man. Thanks. Sounds good. Thanks. Get him on Twitter at Kaplan NFL. Here I'm on the Inside the Birds podcast, Sirius XM, and right here on Fox Sports Radio. I do want to correct something I said. I said Buffalo played on Christmas. They actually played the Monday night game after New Year's, so it's uh, January 2nd. That was the game that I thought they're at Cincinnati. Um, but a lot, of, a lot of popular primetime games for the Buffalo Bills, including a matchup with the Packers on Halloween Eve, a Sunday night affair, which I called, George, last week when you were out, the best game of the 2022 season and it does end up in prime time between green bay and buffalo all right george you're back in the hot seat buckle up easy as one two three four is next but first we go to the news desk ralph Irvin has the latest on what happened in game seven and what else happened to the world of sports what's going on ralph well after today's game i guess the celtics can say it was easy as one two three and today four the celtics who were running upstream uphill the entire first half of the season will now take their talents again to South Beach for the Eastern Conference Finals. The final in Game 7, Boston 109, Milwaukee 81. WBZ 98.5, the Sports Hub and the Celtics Radio Network with the call as they do take the series four games to three. Grant Williams led the way, 27 points. Jason Tatum had 23. Coming up about 90 minutes from now, it'll be Game 7 in the West with Dallas playing at the Phoenix Suns. The winner will advance to take on the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors will have Steve Kerr back on the sidelines as he has cleared COVID health and safety protocols. Major League Baseball, plenty of action today, but the final is just come in. Kansas City, an 8-7 win at Colorado. Shohei Otani's hit a home run today. That's the difference as the Angels have a 2-1 lead over Oakland in the seventh inning. Philadelphia, a 4-2 lead over the Dodgers in the top of the seventh, but the Phillies threatening with the bases loaded in that contest. Cubs and Arizona tied at two in the eighth. Earlier today, Hunter Green delivered seven and a third innings of work. Didn't allow a hit. In fact, no Cincinnati pitcher allowed a hit didn't matter. Pittsburgh was able to get a 1-0 win despite 
being held hitless. You're right. You said it last hour. How do you celebrate if you're Pittsburgh? (laughs) I would have, if I was the coach, I would have gone old school. Hit the line. We're running. This this would be like George uh, winning easy as one, two, three, four with all help from his lifelines. You know, like, what do you do? Like, if, if Ralph and Iowa Sam and Ryan Bershinger gave you all the answers, I don't know how much celebrating you should really do, George, but <laughs> it's all within the parameters of the game. Strike up the band. Let's get this game going. You heard Ralph Irvin there. Iowa Sam, our technical producer, executive producer Ryan Bershinger, all serve as lifelines for George Reister. As every week, we put George in the hot seat and test his knowledge on recent happenings in the world of sports. He doesn't have to give us all of the correct answers, just some of them. It's a game we like to call easy as one, two, three, four. How does it feel to be back in the hot seat, George? Man, I'm excited. I am excited. I have missed crushing crushing your easy trivia. <laughs> all right. Uh, over under today, we'll, we'll make it easy for you. Seven and a half. I think you're going to blow past it, but we'll put it at seven and a half. George, name one of two NFL teams that didn't make the playoffs last season, but still got five primetime games. Yes, one of two NFL Whoa. teams that didn't make the playoffs, but still got five primetime games. <sighs> You've got your okay. lifelines available. Okay. I don't like to use the lifelines on the on these because these are, are usually pretty. Okay, so I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens because they were a good football team last year, had a star player. They're usually always on prime time. I'm going to go with them. Okay. All right. Starting off, is it the Baltimore Ravens? No. The answer was going to be the Cleveland Browns. Oh, well, good good thing you didn't use that one either because that was not the answer. Uh, Lifelines, do you have any thought? Uh, Uh, the, The Broncos? And that would be correct. Yes. Really? Got another one? Uh, the Dolphins? No. Okay. It's actually the Chargers. Ah. Chargers Ooh, and Broncos. The Chargers. Yes. But Russell Wilson in Denver allows Denver to play a bunch of primetime games. Yes. They were the only two non-playoff teams uh, that got five primetime games. All right. Jeez. 0 for 1. You could still hit the over, though, George. Name two of three teams that didn't need seven games to win their first round series in the Stanley Cup playoffs. There are a couple of game sevens tonight. One actually going to be starting in a little bit. Actually, is it? Are they both tonight, or there's, is there one tomorrow as well? Yeah, no, there's. They're both tonight. Yep, Stars and Flames are tonight. Penguins and Rangers start at the top of the hour. Okay. Oh my God. Okay, so. I don't watch a ton of playoff hockey, so (laughs) I am going to need help here because I'm thinking that it has to be like the, oh, God. Uh, Wait, wait, your your, your answer was the first round, right? Yes, yes. So, so far, three teams. I, I, I do remember Colorado slept, swept the Sabres, right? And I don't know who else. So I'm going to, I feel like that, who should, who should know this? I'm going to go with Ralph Irvin. A lot of game sevens yesterday and today. And I didn't do scores for Colorado, for St. Louis, or for Florida. 
Boom. Thank you. So I will go with those those three. Okay. Can you give me two of them? So Colorado and Florida, is that good yes, for you? Yes. All right. Show me the avalanche. Yes. They actually swept the Predators, not the Sabres, the Predators. Oh, okay. That's all right. And the uh, show me the Florida Panthers. Four games to two over the Washington Capitals. And, yes, the Blues won their series over the Wild in six games. So the Avalanche, Panthers, and Blues. See, I felt like that, that Ralph was the right answer because he does the update. So he would know <laughs> that for sure. I probably wouldn't have known had I not been doing scores the last two days. Uh, he is two for three so far. An easy as one, two, three, four. A chance to hit the over and a chance for you to continue to play along. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. More of easy as one, two, three, four comes up next year on Fox Sports Sunday. Fox Sports. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents... A new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> 
Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. <laughs> Sunday coming up at the top of the hour. George gets to weigh in on the season that ended for James Harden. I will oh. accompany him as well. I know, like ah. you are, you you have your weekday show that you weren't in um, the the night that the Sixers were eliminated. So uh, we'll allow some of you the opportunity to uh, to not. Oh, it's did not you even, see my tweet that day? Yeah, I just saw that you said I'm not in tonight, and, and of course, this is the night that James Harden gets eliminated. Essentially, to that aspect. Yeah, I was but, like, I would pay money to be able to come <laughs> to work today. Oh, <laughs> uh, so the so the James Harden. Uh, I don't want to say complaint fast, but uh, that gets underway in like 10 minutes here on Fox Sports Sunday. He is George Reister, the NFL vet. I'm Dan Beyer. Uh, welcome aboard. We are already midway through our game of easiest one, two, three, four. George has got two points out of three so far. Uh, he's trying to make it a little bit more with two more questions left. He's used Ralph Irvin as a lifeline, as Iowa Sam and our executive producer, Ryan Bershinger, as his two others. Let's strike it up and start the game again now. George, name three of four NFL teams that have four primetime games for the upcoming season. And I usually don't do this. I usually don't give a hint. But I am going to say, so it's not just so random, the five primetime games, as I mentioned previously, all but two teams made the playoffs last year, and there were a bunch of them. Now you kind of want to look at maybe what's that next tier. Because there are four teams that were given four primetime games. I want to know three of them. Okay. Okay, I don't understand your, your hint. You don't? No, 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 no. Right, can, can you explain your hint again? Well... I'll just I'll say this, and I'll because we talked about it. The Bengals and Rams appeared in Super Bowl Fifty Six. They got five primetime games in okay. in twenty twenty two. So maybe you just kind of look at a group of teams that maybe are just maybe a, a bit below that level. Maybe they don't have the cachet of a Green Bay and Dallas. You know, maybe they weren't in the Super Bowl, but there were four teams that were assigned four primetime games for the 2022 season. I want to know okay. three of them. <laughs> okay. So. <sighs> all right. You got I two lifelines there. Yeah. I'm going to immediately call for help here because I'm thinking about teams like the Chargers, the Broncos, Stuff like that. So I'm going to call on Iowa Sam while I'm thinking as well. Hmm. I would say maybe the Vikings are one of those teams. What do we think about that? Mm. Mm. Okay. I know that the Bears, and they're not expected to be great. They have three, I believe. We were talking about that earlier today. I would say the Vikings are still sort of like kind of toggling right on that sort of, you know, okay. a team you could insert. So I'd say the Vikings... Um, who else are we thinking, George? Okay, because 
so you you already know that the good teams plus like the Patriots and the Steelers and stuff like that are going to get five primetime games. So then that eliminates, you know, teams like that. So, ah, God. It's not go the Chargers or the Broncos because they have five. Yeah. So, we're so I'm going to go with four. the Saints. That's, I think the okay. Saints is a good one. I would go with the Vikings. And we need a third one, right, Dan? Yep. Ravens. And... I only need three teams. Maybe the so. maybe the Browns. Wait, no, I think they have. Mm. Okay, we will try that then. The Browns. I would cut out the Ravens and put the Browns with the Vikings in. And then who was the third one you you had a second ago? Oh, the, the Saints. Yeah, that's that's my two cents there. All right. Okay, I'm gonna go Saints, Ravens, and Brown. And wait, and who was the team that you just said? Browns. Browns. All right. Vikings. No. Oh wait. Uh. It's your call. Yeah. Ultimately, I'm gonna make it easy on you guys. Is it the Saints, Vikings, or Browns? No, it's none what? of those. It's none oh of those. Yeah. <laughs> Titans, Colts, Raiders, Cardinals all have four primetime games. Saints and Ravens have three. Browns and Vikings have two. Ah, uh, this wow. is a tough one. It's very, Woo. very tough. All right. Finally, wow. George. So you know we're not cheat, cheating today. This is the lowest <laughs> score of all time, buddy. N- name four or five players that lead the Suns in career three-pointers made. Oh, my God. Dan Marley, Steve Nash, uh, Ryan, Ryan Dua, you have any quickly? Uh, Joe Johnson. Joe Johnson? No, we need uh, thirty seconds. All right, no Johnson. I, I, I okay. I just I just got Dan Marley and uh, and Steve Nash for right now. Then I'll add Jay Jay Crowder. Sure, no, okay. I, I, absolutely not. That's a terrible guess. Okay, um, <laughs> you can add Devin Booker. <laughs> no, he's not even a good three. Okay, I'll go with Devin Booker. Just <laughs> what are you talking team. about? All right, is uh, show me Steve Nash. Show me Dan Marley. Show me Devin Booker. Are you kidding? Is it Jay Crowder? No. Leandro Barbosa and Sean Marion were the other two. Uh, Devin Booker's second all time. Yeah. What do you mean he's not a good three-point shooter? Are you nuts? Are you nuts, George Reister? Devin Booker's not a good three-point shooter. He's He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. And he's crazy. That's next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. One game seven in the books, another one on the horizon in the NBA. Heck, one on the ice about to drop as well in New York, Penguins and Rangers. Then an hour from now, it's the Mavericks in Phoenix to take on the Suns. Celtics advancing today, as you heard Ralph Irvin say. Find George Reister on Twitter at George Reister. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. We love to talk about what is going on, what is happening. We reacted to the Celtics victory over the Bucks. Not only the awful call at the end of the first half, but the awful play in the second half by, Mal- by Milwaukee. The game from Grant Williams. If you missed any of it, make sure you go to FoxSportsRadio.com and click on podcast. There are also other opportunities where we can talk about the hot topics. And today provides an opportunity where George Reister 
known James Harden hater finally has it is an, not hate. It, uh, it is another, not hate. another day in the sun. Um, and we provide you this opportunity as the Sixers in a lackluster effort, at least from James Harden, were eliminated by the Heat in six games. James Harden, what, took two shots in that second half, didn't score for Philadelphia. They are now done um, for the uh, for this season. Can look ahead to next season where we think James Harden will be back because he says he's opting in on his contract. Doc Rivers apparently will be back in Philadelphia as well. Um, I'm not so sure about that one, George. I'm still in a wait-and-see approach for what um, for what had gone on over the last two or three weeks. But James Harden and the 76ers eliminated. And you do have another gig on another network weeknights, and you were not in that night. And you were not in and able to vent your frustrations or actually maybe just take victory laps. Um, I'm going to kind of leave this one up to you. So when James Harden is ousted, from the playoffs in game six with that lackluster second half performance and then says the things that he had to say. How does one George Reister take all of that and consume it? What goes on in your mind? Oh, it was it, it was typical. It was typical. It was on par. It was expected for James Harden. I mean, he had what a good game three or game four. And I said, oh, here comes the meltdown in game six. If and and especially if they get to game seven, epic meltdowns. And in game five, zero points in the fourth quarter. Game six, zero points in the fourth quarter. Wouldn't even shoot the basketball. And he's talking about in the press conference, oh, the ball didn't find me. Shut up. You, the ball didn't find you because you didn't want it. And but you have the ball in your hands almost every single possession. He was not aggressive. He was, he was, I, I mean, like, it, it's almost like he has senioritis in the playoffs. He's like, ah, man, I'm ready to get this season over with. Time, time to go. I've already picked up all the checks. These playoff checks are significantly smaller than my regular season checks. So, uh, yeah, I'm checking out. And James Harden, his entire career. And now, mind you, there was a portion of his career where his step back was so wicked. One of the best step backs ever. But the rest of his game, when people were like, oh, it's Daryl Morey. Oh, it's his basketball son. It's basketball Jesus. His game was based upon smoke and mirrors. It was based upon not being able that the rules he was manipulating to draw these random, ridiculous fouls that they should have never allowed to be called in the first place. And then he that allowed him to get so many uncontested layups and so many silly free throws. He led the NBA in free throws for multiple seasons. And it, it, it was a gimmick. And as soon as they changed the rules, oh, all of a sudden he can't play anymore, first thing. And then the second thing is, this is a dude who won't show up on it, to the season in shape. He won't show up and work through adversity. He, uh, The problem that he had with Chris Paul and with Westbrook is, oh my God, they actually want you to show up to meetings on time. They want you to show up to practice on time, to the plane, to be accountable. Oh my God, they all want those things. And then he keeps running from team to team. And everybody else is crazy. Jay-Z quote, if everybody else is crazy, you're the one who's insane. <laughs> it, it, it is 
it is it was so frustrating for me to watch people like if James Hart and and then when you go back to Dan his atrocious lack of defense early in his career and then his non-offensive participation when he didn't have the ball in his hands in in Houston it's gross and if my son now 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 mind you a lot of people put stock and success on on your finances and how much money that you've made. He's been able to cash in on this grift very, very handsomely. But the reality is if James Harden were my son, we would not be seeing him play the way it is because that, that would be so disappointing to me. Son, you're not going to play defense? Oh, God, no. But the, he would be getting told off on a regular basis. Oh, you oh you want to quit when a little bit of adversity comes? Come on, come on, son. That ain't how I raised you. I mean, it, now, now, and this is not to speak about his personal character. This is his basketball character. His basketball character is bad. And that's why you have a bunch of guys in the in NBA who have not wanted to play with him, don't want to play with him. And, and because like pe- people, especially with Kobe, they'd be like, oh my God, he's difficult. Yeah, they would rather work with a difficult dude who's going to show up, be on time, work his ass off, than a guy like James Harden, who you know will bail when it gets tough. And most importantly, he won't even show up. And And I bet you somebody has video of him in the club in Philadelphia like an hour and a half after the game is over with, popping bottles and celebrating like nothing bad happened. That is a uh, quite the takedown by one George Reister of James Harden, and I don't disagree with any any part of it. The the I I don't think that he I, there is no place for him to go. There are there are theories and and you'll oh. hear stupid takes and that will say like this is what James Harden needs. No, it's it's over. It's, no, this it's is, not. I it, I think it's I think it's over. It, it, it's this is to your point. It's amazing because I'm agreeing completely with what you're saying, and then 30 seconds in, you want to disagree with no, 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 with no, 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 no. I'm I'm, I'm agreeing with you. That, okay, that it is that when you look at like people saying, oh, that that he needs to be in Philadelphia. Philadelphia is going to turn on him. The, is the it's already is done. the same way yeah, that they've Brooklyn. already turned? Huh? Yeah, it's already done. They've already turned. It's all, like like the city of Philadelphia. Those fans, it's done. Yeah, it's over if, with. If Daryl Morey pays him this offseason, four years, two hundred million, five years, two hundred fifty million, the, the the fans should be allowed to sue him. Like like they should be able to file suit. And, and and get their get their season ticket money back. Get some get some reparations for this absolute mismanagement. Like that would be the worst possible thing that any. I mean, like I would rather give Kyrie a long term extension than give James Harden four or five years because he's clearly done. He's toast. One of the things, at least with Russell Westbrook, uh, like him or don't like him. He at least plays hard. Yes. And and he may play hard and brick his shot off the side of the backboard, but he's not quitting on his team when they need him. He may try to do too much when they need him or try to take over a game, and that is the exact opposite of what James Harden has done. And that's the part that is inexcusable and one that you can't defend 
and why I think Philadelphia has already turned on him, and I'm talking about the city and the fans, that there is really no coming back for it. Joel Embiid is the best player on that team, and that is something that I don't think James Harden would be willing to or able to live with because he hasn't been able to live with it anywhere. You mentioned the problems with Russell Westbrook and Chris Paul that he had. He had problems with Kevin Durant because Harden didn't show up in shape with Brooklyn earlier in the season, which was the reason why he was in Philadelphia in the first place because it didn't work out in Brooklyn, and they were looking for a way out. So all of these places both good and bad when it got bad in Houston he wanted out when it was going good it was the other person's problem now it's all on James Harden and, and I said this on Friday when I was filling in for Doug Gottlieb and I and I, I truly mean this because I think it's I, I think it's accurate Larry Bird in the 1980s was a thorn in the side of Lakers fans just like Magic Johnson was the thorn in the side of Celtics fans there were there were there was uh, Lakers Celtics a lot of hate in that playoff bracket that you had in the 80s, there were teams in the Eastern Conference that hated Larry Bird because the Celtics knocked them out. There were teams in the Western Conference that hated Magic Johnson because teams knocked them out. But there was this bit of respect, and especially when you know playing days were over, you look back, you Magic and Bird, man, they, they were something. I think that James Harden, and, and you said at the beginning of this, hate is a strong word, and I, I agree. But I think that these words are apropos. I think he's the most disliked NBA player in history. I, I don't know of someone who's turned on a fan base and, and has also had polarizing people uh, not like him. The, even, the, even the supporters that he had in Houston, George, have turned their back from how that went out. If he had any goodwill from his short time in Brooklyn, that is, has, has burned. If there's any goodwill for what he did in the two months in Philadelphia, that is now over for what happened. I don't think that there is a more disliked player in NBA history than James Harden. And that is very, very difficult to do. It is very, very difficult to say. Even Dennis Robin, for as crazy as he was, people were like, man, that guy worked. That guy, that guy would get rebounds. Like he, you know, he would D you up. And there are not a lot of good things that you could say about James Harden. Facts. Facts. And I'm a person who, like, fans respect players who play hard, who show up and play hard, right? And that's the thing that Ben Simmons, like, when when Ben Simmons got ran out of Philly, the, the fans clearly turned on him. He went to Brooklyn. The fans are already iffy on him now. Mm -hmm. And with James Harden, one of the things that fans cannot take is when you don't play hard, when offensive or rebounds hit the floor at the end of the game and then the other team runs and scoops scoops it up and you got Jimmy Butler laughing like, like what the heck? Like, like, are, are they serious right now? Those are the types of things that that fans don't respect at all. And I I don't know how he gets it back. I really don't. I I'm sorry. Even now, George, the the 35 point game in the regular season just means nothing because oh, all yeah. you've wanted to see is just you know what you can do in the playoffs. And and I just I think that I think everybody's past it think people are done with it i just i don't think that they care anymore and i don't know what team even if it it is another season in philadelphia tired do philadelphia fans have to be about this process oh my goodness 
I, I mean, you, we we had we had uh, we uh, on, on Friday's show we went to Philadelphia and and checked in and kind of got the temperature of the city and you know and and I wondered if the process was more difficult to take than this because this is very difficult. They have a guy quit on you. Very, very difficult to take, right? Just to not, you know, just to not show up. So we had Sean Brace on, who's a host on uh, Fox Sports 1400, The Gambler in Philadelphia. And I asked Sean, I just said, you know, what's more difficult? He goes, the process was really, really difficult because there was just no hope. Like for as much this as this stings, and this is bad to take, still just the absolute taking and not caring and not wanting to put any of your money you know, towards that team because of how bad they were, that was tougher. But I do think that it says something that this is close. You know, like it's it's not like a, it's not like a, oh, obviously tanking was was you know like a hundred times worse. No, there's actually a debate about it about the, having a guy quit on your team and then again falling <laughs> short in the playoffs as opposed to just not having any hope for the entire season. That's how bad it was with James Harden in Philadelphia at the end. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's, good. Yeah, yeah, oh, man, listen, couldn't. Couldn't be me rooting rooting for them. I'd be like, I need a hiatus. I'm gonna have to take take a break until this dude is gone, and then I'll be back. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Byer. This is Fox Sports Sunday, tipping off in about 45 minutes. Mavericks and Suns in Game Seven, just underway on the ice. Rangers and Penguins, uh, just two minutes in, scoreless in their Game Seven at Madison Square Garden. Get George on Twitter at George Reister. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. The Celtics are moving on. But can they get past the top-seeded Heat in the Eastern Conference? We'll ask that question to an NBA vet next year on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Sunday. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance... Stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents... A new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. 
the all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my game. <laughs> hey, he's George Reister, the NFL vet. I'm Dan Beyer. Hope to check in with Ryan Holland's NBA vet, 10 years in the league. Sat in George's chair last week, getting his thoughts uh, today on what went wrong for the Bucks and what went right for the Boston Celtics. Uh, Grant Williams, one of those things coming in, uh, coming up big for the Celtics in Game Seven. So the Celtics will now face the Miami Heat Tuesday night in Game One of their series, tipping off eight thirty Eastern Time in Miami. I the the if it's in looking at the Western Conference, George, I'll just say this. I really want to see Phoenix Golden State. Like that's like I want to see those two teams play. I think a lot of people want to see Luka advance and continue that. But team wise, I'm not as interested in seeing the Mavericks face the Warriors as I am in seeing Suns and Warriors. I think that that is must see TV if those two teams if it if Phoenix ends up winning tonight to face Golden State it's kind of what I want to see uh, okay so I like watching Luca right mm-hmm. I like watching Luca I think he's interesting he's one of the faces of the game that he's part of that next up crew right but if they get against Golden State they're going to get their doors knocked off However, Phoenix, on the other hand, I think that there that it would be a much better series against Golden State. So, for a fan interest perspective, I think Phoenix poses the bigger threat to Golden State. And I believe that even though I picked Golden State to win, I would be nervous with them playing Phoenix. And I think that if Phoenix gets against Golden State and they beat Golden Golden State, they are going to win the championship because this is the series that they are tested. This is the series that they are pushed to the brink. And if they can get past this, because I think that all season, they were by far the best team in the NBA. And that there came a lot of pressure with that. 
as the playoffs started because they went to the finals last year. Back this year, the most dominant team in the league. And it was, you know, championship or bust. And I think that they're feeling the weight of that in the playoffs now, and that's why they're playing how they're playing. Here's You're way more sold on Golden State than I am. Why? And it's it's not just that they lost by 39 and were down 55. Because I think that there are – I think we look at Golden State, and this is – this is how I think Golden State is viewed by many. They're the Warriors. They're going to do it. That's how we view them. And, and, and history shows, number one, that you can't do that. But history also shows that these Warriors are six years older than the Warriors that lost in the 2016 NBA Finals. And I know that there are a lot of new pieces, but is Klay Thompson better now than he was in 2016? I don't think that he is. And I don't think that the supporting cast that Golden State had in 2016, the year they lost to the Cavs, uh, was worse than what they have now. I don't think that they're a better team. Now, the good thing is the 2022 Warriors don't have to play against anybody from 2016 or, or, or go up against LeBron. But I just think that we just say, well, they're the Warriors. They've got Steph Curry, Draymond Green. They've been there before. They're going to do it. But the last real iteration that resembles this Warriors team wasn't the one with Kevin Durant that you know made uh, you know <laughs> made easy with every single team that they faced in those uh, playoff runs up until 2019 it's the 2016 team that did run into the Cavaliers um well, in that that, that you know, 2016 that team though that lost to the Cavs that was a special set of star- circumstances they were up 3-1 Le- uh Draymond gets suspended and and LeBron went absolutely, I mean, had probably the greatest finals any player has ever had. And it took God mode to uh, to beat that team. And obvious, and I believe that Steph, Steph Curry is still at the height of his powers. And he's like, there's no slippage there. I thought that the, the thing that gave me confidence in them winning a championship even more was was game six against Memphis because they're still figuring things out again. And they added Jordan Poole who can absolutely fill it up. So they added another big time scorer and playmaker. And you had game six clay show back up. I thought that that was the thing because clay had been kind of up and down all season. He had had some big games then some poor shooting performances. But I think that game six, Clay igniting again, that that was a moment for him going for, what was it 30 or 32 points? That that was a thing that that is going to trigger his body to be like, okay, I'm back. Like that the confidence from the knee and the Achilles, that's like, no, 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 I'm back. I can, I don't have to press. I, I can do this. And then as soon as Golden State started to slow down, against Memphis, they were dominant in in those moments. So so Golden State in particular, Dan, is if they can keep games close, they have the best shot makers. And they play excellent defense. They rebound the ball well without playing playing big. I mean, it's just a tough cover for for anybody, and I trust them more than anybody else in the finals. Oh, that's that actually is fair. Like, like if that's the team that you trust the most, 
I get that. I like that. That I, I I'm not going to argue against because that's who you trust the most. And I think if you look around the other teams, you know, we've seen Phoenix falter as well. And yeah, the other teams aren't perfect. And I would say that the the, the you know the there isn't a 2016 Cavs team to come in that would knock off this Warriors team. The the couple of things aside from I just don't think that Clay's the same player, even though he had his game six Clay. It's the theory of turning it on and off. Like, I don't think that they do that. I think this is who they are, which makes game five to me just so amazingly frustrating that it almost seems like they think they could turn it on and off. We're like, hey, we don't need to show up. We've got three opportunities to beat this team, and we'll just get it done at home in game six. Like, how does that happen? And then, George, to the point of it wasn't like it was a, a, a an easy time in game six. They needed, you know, a fourth quarter, a second-half surge to end up beating Memphis in that game. Like, that, it wasn't like just a, we'll turn it on from the tip, which tells me that there's there's something more there. And that's why I think that the team of Phoenix... I thought they Phoenix, were just pressing. That, that, that they were pressing so but, hard that but it then was that, a bad situation. And, and, and that may be the case, but then that tells me that why did you put the performance that you put up in Game 5? Because Game 5, there's no excuse for... Like they were down 55 points in a playoff game. And you could just say we it's, weren't it's, locked it's in. It's one game. Yeah, it's I know. I know. One game, though. But to your point, then you, you want to be locked in and focused. So now you've done that to yourself. You've put so much pressure on yourself because you didn't care about game five that you came out in game six and ended up, you know, being tight for three quarters or, you know, okay, or not so playing they like that. <clears throat> they are eight and three in their last 11 games. They are. You know, the Miami Heat are eight and three in their last yeah, in their last eleven games. The Boston Celtics are eight and three in their last eleven games. And the winner of the um of this of this series, if it's Phoenix, they will be eight and five. As opposed, or Dallas, they'll be eight and yeah, they'll be eight and five as well. So, so all the teams are eight and three, or eight and one, eight and five team now. But Golden State's the one that I trust the most. I I believe in Boston's defense. My I think that Miami has a problem because they don't have a superstar to be able to, you know, to close out a game if they really really need it. But they have a, you know, but they are built well where they have a bunch of guys who can make shots. But I think that they can get in trouble if they end up having to go uh, tit for tat with Boston. Whereas Golden State, listen, if they get against Dallas, they are going to, you know, make the others have to have a Grant Williams, uh, you know, Angels in the outfield game four times. And that ain't going to happen. It's. These finals, these conference finals that we're going to get, Boston and Miami and Golden State, and if it's Dallas or Phoenix, are going to be great. I don't think that the teams are great. I think there are a bunch of good teams. Um, I think Miami's good, but they're not great. Like, Miami's not good enough to sweep Boston. Um, I don't think, you know, the. I, I think Boston wins that series. I think Boston beats Miami. But 
I think it goes six games because I don't think that Boston is able to sweep a team like Miami, and Miami will get a couple. And it's the same thing with Phoenix and Golden State. It's not their greatness on why I think it's going to be a great series. It's actually some of the warts or maybe some of the holes that they have that I think those other teams that, that each other will be able to exploit to make it a good series, a six- or seven-game series. If you have the matchup, as you said, with Luka, yeah, I think that's more advantageous for, for Golden State. But I would just want to see the Suns and Warriors because I just think those teams going at each other gives us the best possible matchup in the West Finals. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. Some big news in the world of broadcasting. We'll get that after Ralph Irvin gives us the latest of what's going on in the NBA and Stanley Cup playoffs. What's going on, Ralph? Well, we're about 30 minutes away from tip-off of game number seven in the Western Conference semifinal series between Dallas and Phoenix. That game being played in the Valley of the Sun, and as you talked about, the winner will advance to take on the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors, unlike the last three games, will be at full strength because they'll have their coach back on the sideline, Steve Kerr, passing the NBA's health and safety protocols, so he will be good to go for game number one. Meanwhile, it was a heck of a performance in game seven in Boston. Tatum finds Grant Williams for his seventh three of game seven. It's sandwich time, man. WBZ 98.5, the Sports Hub Celtics Radio Network with the call. Three of Williams' 27 points that led five Celtics in double figures. 109-81, they beat Milwaukee, winning that series four games to three. Now, Major League Baseball action. A final in. The Cubs get a game-winning RBI from Frank Schwindel in the top of the ninth. They win at Arizona 3-2. Right now, the Angels trying to close out Oakland. They have a 4-1 lead. Two out in the top of the ninth inning. Philadelphia trying to close out the Dodgers. The Phillies with a 4-3 lead. Also two out in the bottom of the ninth. And off to a fast start, St. Louis is. Paul Goldschmidt, a two-run homer. Yadier Molina, a two-run single. And four runs in the first gives St. Louis a 4-0 lead as they play in the second inning. But for now, we'll send it back. It's Fox Sports Sunday with Dan Beyer and George Reister. And Ralph, before you go anywhere, George, did you hear the big news in golf for this weekend? What what happened? Coming up this weekend. Uh, Ralph Irvin teeing it up in the uh, Oxnard City Championships. Right, Oxnard? It is, yes, in Oxnard, yes. Yes, yes. This is the fifth major as it is uh, known. um, Mm, uh, Yeah, fifth of of vodka or something. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> do you know your details? Do you know your tea time yet? Do you, what do you, what do we know about the, this is next Saturday and Sunday? Well, as you know, Dan, I like to play early. Yes. So I'm very happy to find out, and I just found out recently, that I have the first group at 7 a.m. on day one. And if I play oh, well, right. then, I get a, then if, I, if I play well, I won't get an early tea time. So the odds are I'll have an early tea are time you, on Sunday. Are you, are you nice with the sticks like that, Ralph? I'm okay. I, what does should, that mean? What is it? What is your handicap? Uh, eight. Oh, and, oh it's, and it's and it's a net tournament. I'm I'm playing in the net, so I'm okay. not foolish enough to go into an open division. Can, where can we can we line the fairways Saturday morning if we wanted to? Like, can we uh, go out and watch? You know, you know, could we can can we get Ralph's rowdies out there? I know Iowa Sam would love to be a part of this. Uh, at, at I suppose, AM, but huh? then you'd have to dodge my wayward and errant shots. <laughs> hey. I am known for scrambling out of bad shots. Hey, hey, do you know what I would? I I would only yell out one phrase the whole game, uh, the whole match. Which is what's that? Get in the hole! Oh, goodness gracious! <laughs> I would be that golf. Guy. 
I think uh, I'd, I think I'd suddenly have my headphones in for all eighteen holes. Get in the hole! It's, get in the hole! I love when you when you're watching golf and you hear somebody yell that on television. That's what, like, that makes Ralph. So what happy. is what is the goal? Is it to not finish? You were joking. We're, I, so I don't want to. I don't want to put words in your mouth. But is there a goal? Like, yeah, don't finish you know, last. Don't finish that's last. Okay, it. that's that. That's uh, that's George. That it's curious. happened. Let's just put it that way. Oh, okay, it's All happened. Right. And so, yes, my this is the issue. You once every few years, I get a competitive streak. So I'm letting it out, playing in a tournament. I don't finish last. I'll be happy. Well, good luck that to means Ralph. I gotta Urban. play well next week. I, I we are going to have a a full report. On uh, hopefully it's not carnage. Hopefully Ralph plays well Sheesh. and has but some don't fun. Don't finish last. Good God, that is, I'm, <laughs> well, I'm not to take that. Well, that's uh. that, that's that's the plan. That's just the plan. That's not what I think about during the round. During the round, I'm, yeah, every it takes shot, a shot you're hitting shot. every single shot. Do you need a caddy, George? You know. George oh, can no, do it. No, I can no, do no, it. No, no. I don't uh, carry bags. Okay. All right. Then you know, Ralph. Would you like? Would you no, like me? On I'm, the, uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna be walking and and pushing. Pushing. He'd my rather have a I cart. He'd rather have a cart than my advice. That's that's and, actually respected. Yes. And I don't walk courses. I I don't. I I have too many miles on this body to be walking <laughs> courses. I'm sorry. Uh, so while the PGA Championship is going on next weekend, know that the other major going on is in Oxnard, California. Will Ralph sure. Irvin is teeing it up in the yeah. city championship. Uh, now, now I've got to update the, my Twitter when I finish in in, in second to last. You know, yeah, maybe celebrate. we'll get someone out there to tweet live scoring so we get uh, live updates. <laughs> uh, appreciate it, Ralph. Yep. It is Fox Sports Sunday. Good luck to Ralph, by the way, as he uh, tees it up. Phil Mickelson, if you missed it, will not be teeing it up at the uh, PGA Championship. Uh, get George on Twitter, at George Reister. You can find me on Twitter, at Dan Bayer on Fox. This is what we're going to do. We're going to take a timeout. Then we're going to tell you about the big broadcasting news in the NFL. It has to do with a quarterback, a future Hall of Fame quarterback, and I'm not talking about Tom Brady. That's next here on Fox Sports Sunday. Say what? Fox Sports Sunday. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury 
with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. That's my game. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. The big news earlier this week in the world of sports and broadcasting was that Tom Brady, once he retires, was joining Fox as their lead NFL analyst and ambassador on a 10-year deal that some have reported is worth $375 million. But there is some other news that happened today that Drew Brees' time at NBC is over. The former Saints quarterback and soon-to-be Hall of Famer uh, will not be a part of the team's broadcast anymore. New York Post, with that news, Brees' uh, – season last year uh, in his first season uh, as a broadcaster in his first season in retirement I guess uh, left a lot to be desired by some and he will not be coming back to NBC Sports in 2022 I'm surprised by that but I guess in a way if you're NBC and you didn't think it could work out cut your losses and move on okay here's Here's the truth is that a lot of times players are like, especially quarterbacks are a lot of success. Then Tony Romo, other quarterbacks have been able, RG three is excellent right now. And they think that, you know, that that will immediately translate over and it doesn't, it's still a skill set. Like you can know the game, but there's a difference in being personable being able to you know connect with people make people care make people feel something and i mean emmett smith he didn't work out at espn 
There have been numerous Hall of Famers, and a lot of times they jump to the front of the list because, you know, they are name brand household names. And so fans immediately connect with them either, you know, one way or another. Randy Moss has had staying power and, you know, so have a bunch of other players while while, you know, a Drew Brees, who's a clear Hall of Famer. One of the best quarterbacks ever, one of the and clear and one of the four or five best quarterbacks of this generation, it has not having that that same success. And you know, it, it it's not a knock. It's just you know, it's just things are. Th- mm-hmm. This is a different world, and it's tough sometimes. Here's here's my thoughts on it. Number one, for people that think that um this is not a good sign for Tom Brady. I think that this is individual by individual basis. Um, Correct. Just because one, you know, I think that's what you're saying as well, associated with uh, Tom Brady. And I also think, George, there's something with being associated to the current game and being close to the current game and leaving and, and being a recent player. And it's sometimes why when we're talking about maybe guys who have been in the booth a little bit longer than they should is because they've been away from the game that long that the game has changed during their 20 or 30 years which makes the guys who are who have done it for 20 and 30 years and are still on top of their game it it shows you how good they are because i think that there is something when you miss the game but it isn't just an automatic that you can go in there and i think people will say well drew Brees never said anything during his career neither is tom brady so it's going to be the same thing i i just that is not true and i don't think that that is the case at all i think that the drew Brees is a cautionary tale for tom brady to be like look at what happens if you don't say anything or you aren't good at your job or good in the points where they need you because something like this can't happen. Yeah. And, and that goes with the Tom Brady thing is that when the Tom Brady news came out too, and it's even though that the contract dispute uh, details have been disputed, it's going to be a big contract, right? Regardless. I had, I believe with that, that there is no way there is no way that they agreed to like a guaranteed deal or something like, like that prior to him. Like he would have had to have already done a lot of the behind the scenes testing already to, to see if this is something that he could actually do. That's the first thing. So I don't believe that he's got a 10 year guaranteed contract. I, I, that sounds Knowing this business, that sounds so outrageous. I mean, like that sounds, even for Tom Brady, that sounds outrageous. I mean, super outrageous. I mean, he would be making, you know, that he would have a contract that's more favorable than Troy Aikman and Tony Romo who've proven that they can do it. Absolutely not. Because a network is going to keep a way out in case he's terrible or in case it just doesn't work for whatever reason and not be tied to like, like that's the type of contract that was reported that gets multiple people fired. If it doesn't work out. Sure. Sure. You mentioned Romo. I think it's a, I think it's a tip of the cap to Romo. And I know that there, there are people and guys and girls who watch football that are, you know, may not be Romo fans or once were and are no longer because they feel it's like, you know, a shtick, but to be able to come out like Romo did and have the impact that he did, I I think says a lot about him. And I, and 
I, I don't know if proper credit is given, George, because I think the people who don't like Romo feel that he's given too much credit. But to be able to do what he did and to slide into that role is something else. And to your point about RG3 and Robert Griffin III doing you know, what he's been doing, again, it's being close to the game, but also realizing what people want to hear or what people need to hear and it working within those those bounds. And so I give a tip of the cap to those guys because it's easy to criticize. It is so easy to, to, to criticize. And I don't know how many tweets we have to hear on whether it be, you know, football or college football or I muted the TV and turn on the radio and listen to the home team. Like that is always going to happen. But to have the success that these guys have, you know, Drew Brees is that cautionary tale. But with that cautionary tale, there are a lot of good tales. And I think that Tony Romo and, you know, you mentioned Robert Griffin III, just a couple of that have, you know, made the transition. Greg Olson's likely going to be in that, you know, number one spot, at least until Brady ends up taking over. At least that's, you know, that's the word, you know, that you hear around the rumor mill. And Greg Olson's done a good job in adjusting and, and saying things that you need to say. And he's still pretty close to the game after being recently retired. It's not easy. And the guys that do it well should be complimented for it. Yeah. But then that asked the question is how and I was thinking about this the other day because I do like certain announcers and and commentators. And I think that they are fantastic. Some some of them in particular. But I wonder how much does that translate into additional viewership? Because if it's, you know, one of the biggest games of the year, if the Chiefs are playing the uh, the Bills, am I turning – are more people going to tune in based upon who's calling it? Or is it the game that sells that more than anything else? I, I think it's the game that sells it, but I think that there's a lot of value to having that name to be associated. You know, when Brady's announced, it's he's not only NF, NFL lead analyst, he's ambassador. You know, like, yeah. so there's something about being that, like, with Fox Sports. And yeah, it's just, you know, it's 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 why, again, like, like Romo was able to carve out a niche. And not everybody's uh, able to do that. But you don't always have to do that. You know, like, I, I think Kirk Herbstreet is amazing. I love Kirk Herbstreet as an analyst for college football. Not going to do NFL for Amazon. Joel Klatt comes in, and Joel has his own way of doing thing, uh, you know, things, and it isn't, it isn't some shtick, you know, and Joel Klatt's now, you know, risen to the, to the top of the game, who's great yep. to listen to. That's, what's, that's something that Brady probably needs to realize, that you don't need a Romo shtick. Just be good at what you do, be authoritative, have, you know, good analysis and good opinions, and, and you should be fine. So, and if not, George Reister's waiting in the wings, right? Hey. <laughs> hey, I'll t- I-, I will call games for $17 million. <laughs> He's George Reister. I'm Dan Byer. We'll talk to you next week on Fox Sports Sunday. You deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You're at a place you just discovered. And being an American Express Platinum card member with Global Dining Access by Resi helped you score tickets to quite the dining experience. Hey, chef. You're looking at something you've never seen before, much less tasted. After your first bite, you say nothing because you're speechless. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your dining experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. If you're ready for an epic family vacation, there's no better place than sunny Orlando. Exciting thrills, never-ending food festivals, fresh new dining experiences, outdoor adventures, and Florida's natural springs, and so much more. Orlando has it all. And Visit Orlando's vacation planners can help you plan the perfect trip. In Orlando, anything is possible if you can imagine it. And that's what makes Orlando unbelievably real. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com.